You're listening to the Quince podcast. Kabul is seeing spurts of new defiance against the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan with protests erupting across the country on Thursday 19 August when the country celebrates its independence day. Videos and images coming from the ground in Kabul showed both men and women waving the red, green and black flag of Afghanistan and chanting our flag, our pride and God is great. Though the Taliban have stated that it has moderated stance, but on Thursday with open gunfire aimed at protests in the streets, gunfire near the airport and a confirmation that Sharia law will return, there exists a growing gap between their words and ground reality. Not only on Thursday, throughout this week the world has witnessed reports of Taliban fighters brutally beating Afghanis, assaulting foreign journalists and preventing people from travelling to the airport. With mounting fears of what kind of government the Taliban will establish in the coming days, there are also concerns regarding an economic downturn with the US freezing Afghanistan's foreign reserves and the IMF cutting off access to loans and resources. The harrowing developments over the past week beg the following questions. Where is Afghanistan headed right now? And what is the ground reality outside Kabul with the eyes of the international media don't reach? To understand this, we spoke to Fruit Bezan, an Afghan journalist with Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, who has extensively covered Afghanistan and the Taliban insurgency. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Imad. While the Taliban have stated that the group will respect press freedom, women rights, and will not engage in revenge and retribution tactics, fresh protests on Thursday in Kabul indicated otherwise. With waving flags and chanting slogans, protests were witnessed across the war-torn country. In one case captured on social media, protesters can be seen carrying an Afghan flag measuring up to 200 meters across the streets of Kabul. Afghan women were also seen taking the streets of Kabul, holding signs, shouting slogans, all while Taliban members patrol the streets. However, Fruit Behzan says that while Kabul may be calm, given the attention of world media, the reality outside the capital is completely different. It seems to me at this point that because the world's focus is on Kabul, that the Taliban is trying to portray an image that we have changed, that we are no longer the brutal uh, militant group that you know, has killed tens of thousands of Afghans for the past 20 years. But I also want to say this important point is that outside of Kabul, where there is no media attention, the story is extremely different. In yeah. the provinces, in other cities, outside of Kabul, we are getting very disturbing reports of summary executions, of uh, killings of former uh, government officials, former soldiers, former uh, militia men and police. And this has been well documented in the Kandahar province, but we are also receiving reports from other places like Ghazni, Uh, in the southeast, like Helmand in the south, uh, in Herat in the west. So what the Taliban is saying and what they are doing is two very different things. And Mr. Behzan's claims are strengthened further given that similar protests on 19 August were also held in cities of Asadabad and Jalalabad, 
but compared to Kabul, they were met with pointed guns and violence. The Wall Street Journal reported that in the eastern city of Asadabad, the Taliban gunned down at least two protesters and injured at least six more. In Jalalabad, about 115 kilometers from Kabul, three protesters were killed who were trying to take down a Taliban flag. In the Kosh province of the country, the Taliban enforced a 24-hour curfew after protests broke out. Though the Taliban has pledged that they will not seek any retribution, fresh signs on 18 July showed that they are not keeping their word, as they destroyed a statue depicting Abdul Ali Mazari, a prominent Shia Muslim leader who died in 1995 fighting against the Taliban. Mr. Behzan says that while streets in Kabul may be returning to some form of normal, the fear set in by the presence of the Taliban has not been captured by international media. And while on the streets of Kabul, we are seeing a life re returning to normality. But what we don't see is the extreme terror that is among people because people are so scared. And what we don't see uh, on the cameras of the international media is what is be happening behind the scenes. And that is the Taliban creating a lot of fear among the population. And the Taliban have also made it increasingly difficult for Afghans to evacuate and flee the country. Now, the US is currently aiding in evacuations from Kabul airport. And according to figures provided by the Pentagon, 5,000 to 9,000 people are evacuated every day. But a terrifying scenario awaits those who are trying to take flights as chaos at the Kabul airport continues for the fifth day in a row. According to a Washington Post report, as thousands crowd the airport compound perimeter, many with visas and documents in their hands, Trying to get on the rescue flights, behind them are Taliban fighters, who reportedly are also screening people before they are allowed entry. In one video captured on social media, a small girl can be seen being lifted over the airport compound wall and handed over to a US soldier. To make matters worse for those who are seeking evacuations, a recent document produced by the Norwegian Centre for Global Analysis, which is a UN-linked support centre, states that the Taliban is actively conducting door-to-door -door checks to seek out and punish those affiliated with US and NATO governments. Mr. Behzan says that though access to the airport remains very difficult and some Afghans do go through, many flights actually go empty. I can tell you what's happening at Kabul airport because in Kabul airport, uh, the Taliban has set up checkpoints uh, at the entrance of the airport. And there's thousands of Afghans who have visas to India, to Turkey, to the United States, to European countries, but they are unable to board evacuation flights. A lot of these evacuation flights are actually leaving almost empty. In some cases, Afghans are going through, but in a lot of cases, many Afghans cannot even enter the airport. At times, the Taliban is violent, um, not allowing them to go. Um, there's also Afghans without travel documents who, uh, who are going to the airport and creating chaos as well. So I think what a lot of foreign governments, including India, need to do is they need to clear a safe passage for Afghans to actually go on these evacuation flights and then to travel to India, to Europe, to safety, because that's currently not happening. Thousands of people are stranded. Other than a human rights crisis which has sent shockwaves around the world, an economic crisis also looms over Afghanistan. According to an Associated Press report, 75% of Afghanistan's budget was funded by international money, with the US being the biggest donor. However, with the US now freezing Afghanistan's foreign reserves and countries across the world shutting off the tap to any foreign aid, 
Afghanistan is in a tight spot. What adds to the problem is the country's high poverty rate, which has increased despite foreign aid from 37% in 2012 to 55% in 2021. And according to a Washington Post report, problems of import and export of food and commodities will also soon hit the country as trade routes run dry after the takeover of Taliban. What one hopes is that the Taliban are aware of this reality, given their statements on being more moderate and tolerant from their version in the 1990s. However, Mr. Behzan believes that the Taliban are putting forth a moderate image to gain international support in the short term and predicts that it will show its real face when US forces and foreign journalists leave the country. Many Afghans I've spoken to, including my colleagues in Kabul, many are predicting that the Taliban will show its real face soon. And by soon, I mean when foreign forces, because there are American troops, their boots are on the ground currently in Kabul, there is foreign journalists on the ground in Kabul. When they leave, uh, my colleagues are telling me, that's when the Taliban will show their real faces. When the cameras turn off, when the world's attention shifts um, from the chaos that's happening, that's when the Taliban will show their real faces. Because as I was saying that outside of Kabul and what's happening in Kabul are two different worlds. And from the provinces and from other cities, the Taliban has not changed according to the residents that we've talked to. In terms of women's rights, in terms of human rights, in terms of their views on independent media, on music, on television, none of that has changed. In our previous episodes of The Big Story on the Afghanistan crisis, we have tried to break down how the Taliban took over the country so easily, what the humanitarian crisis would signal for President Joe Biden's government, the freedom of Afghan women now that the Taliban have taken over the country, and the mounting geopolitical crisis looming in the South Asia region. If you have missed any of those episodes, you can find a link to them in our show notes. For more updates regarding Afghanistan, follow The Quint on our social media handles and our website. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to The Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.